are the Deep Geeks. I'm Mark. I'm Avery. Hello. And this is the show where two friends review the back catalogue of Deke Entertainment, a company known for 80s and 90s cartoon dreck. And on this episode, we're looking at the 1984 uh, one-off failed pilot titled The Poochie Special. Okay, Avery, have you ever heard of Poochie before? Uh, barring The Simpsons, of course. No. Right, well... It's a little before my time, so by the time I was aware of anything like this, uh, it was already the gobbins you found in the plastic boxes at a car boot sale. Uh, that's going to take so much understanding for our American audience. Flea market. There you go. Well, Poochie was a line of... Um, I suppose the only real analogue to it would probably be Hello Kitty, where it's just a character that was put on various toys and accessories by a company. Yeah, we did a little bit of research into what Poochie was, and basically, as far as we could tell, mainly just a stationary set character, kind of like um, the mouse character Diddle, if you've ever looked them up. Um, but with even less character. Yeah, because it's just a pink dog with a hair and sunglasses that it never wears which yes. has forever bothered me I want to see Poochie in those sunglasses show me the smooth dog please um, so basically what Deke were working from here was a merchandising line with no backstory or character to work from where they had to turn it into a cartoon with a plot so what we got was weird yeah, this is another case of Deke basically um, just taking a random idea or concept that they've gotten from the appearance and character of Poochie and then just running with it. So basically, they've decided that Poochie is the current owner slash major columnist in a, I assume, a national newspaper? Possibly international newspaper, considering uh, how far the letters come from. And she, being a dog, has been left the uh, contr left control of the newspaper by her owner, DG, uh, which I thought was a cute pun, uh, Director General, um, who, I, I mean, I don't think he's dead, but it certainly sounded like a video will. Yeah, it's weird, because it's the only time we ever see him is in that video, Will, and equally, before we see that, it's uh, we see the, the staff of the newspaper company, and it's like, uh, no one else ever sees the boss, apart from the dog. So it's weird. He's been missing for ages. But then again, he hasn't been seen in So he's years. dead. Well, I mean, he might merely be a recluse who's gone off somewhere. So anyway, this talking dog that nobody knows is a talking dog except for a couple of robots. Yeah. Um, is And presumably her uh, owner, I would assume? Uh, I would assume her the owner. Otherwise, how did the robots get there? Because the robots are built to assist Poochie. Yeah. Um, so, but no one else in the office knows that she's in charge or that the owner is missing, despite the fact that nobody has seen him in ten years. Out of sight, out of mind. I guess. Regardless, she's also the author of the most popular column in the world. Dear Poochie. 
yeah, for some reason, everyone buying newspapers is buying them for this advice column in which a... Cute dog is replying to agony aunt letters. In which a cute dog that is implied that everyone believes is DG. So this old man... (laughs) is <laughs> replying well no i don't i don't think it's ever implied that they think it's dg i think they do because the guy in the newspaper says he even named his column after the dog huh. <laughs> so it's implied that everyone thinks that this old man is writing this advice column for young for young children huh. about how to deal with their childhood crushes Anyway, um, no, it's uh, it's all right though because the dog is actually writing them. The dog is the agony art. Yes, um, but for some reason, the role of agony art slash advice columnist seems to include advice like, for example, in this episode, help my father is missing. I am stuck in Cairo. I have no food or money. With no return address either. With no return address. So basically. If you can imagine, dear Deirdre, I am the prince of a of an African country, and my father has been recently deposed. I am in desperate need of moving funds. <laughs> Please send several thousand pounds to this location in order to get these funds moved out of my country. Because that's what this sounds like, doesn't it? I'll be honest, my mind's gone blank, and now all I'm thinking about is James Veach. Eh? James oh, Veach. James Veach, the comedian yeah. who followed... Uh, right, yes. Yeah, the dude who replies back to those exact spam emails oh, for God. fun. Yeah. Go and look him up if you haven't seen his stuff. His stuff is fucking hilarious. Interesting form of comedy. Kind of like Dave Gorman as a troll. Yeah, yeah. Um. So anyway, I guess the, the idea was the structure of the show was that every episode, a child in grave danger would write via snail mail... To this dog, who would turn up in sort of a Quinjet? I thought it was a helicopter. But it's got jets, hasn't it? We saw it jetting across the desert. Jet helicopter. Okay, so in this jet helicopter, to solve mysteries, like the disappearance of this child's father in Cairo, which... um, Oh, yeah, they just kind of go, okay, let's go to Cairo. And they're like, wait, what? Yeah. Oh, no, okay, yeah, sure. We haven't mentioned the uh, the existence of the robots properly okay. yet. So there's Zipcode, who is the one who receives the mail, opens the mail, reads out the mail, and replies to the email on behalf of Poochie. It is the most inefficient mail machine imaginable. It has to actually chew up the mail whilst reading it. Yes. Now, you could understand this in a world with silly, uh, over-the-top robots uh, that are kind of like um, exaggerated... Uh, Office machines, which Zipcode definitely is. But the other robot is a fucking human uh, yeah, it's automaton. Just, it's just fucking C-3PO. Who, like C-3PO, but with the ability to put on face masks to appear perfectly human but bald. Yeah, and the, the process of putting on that skin mask was kind of horrifying, I'll be super honest. I mean, why couldn't this robot just read the mail? In this episode, they travel to Cairo to this child who, judging by postal speeds, should probably already have died of uh, starvation and... 
Pete's yeah. stuck out on the streets for several weeks. Yeah. Um, it's weird. They arrive in Cairo and then they immediately meet up with this um, dog with a fake Egyptian accent or Arabic accent kind of thing. And it's... Um, how do they know this dog? Uh, they don't. It's just a dog. It's just a dog that somehow knows why they're there and I th- what I they're doing. I think they're trying to establish that both Poochie and... Uh, what's the name of the robot? Hermes. Yeah. Hermes is the name of the robot. Both Poochie and Hermes are capable of speaking to the local animals. Yeah. Uh, and it might also imply that Poochie has connections around the world. Quite possibly. Which would fit in with what she does. Uh, regardless, the dog takes them to a pyramid where they find the child in the bottom of a sarcophagus. Yeah, just inexplicably hiding in there, even though he was running about the town earlier. Yeah. I mean, he was being chased, but I th- wouldn't it make more sense to find him having been caught by these suspicious types? Yeah, but then that would mean adding more plot. Well, yes, but it would also explain why he hasn't <laughs> starved to death. It would also explain where those two people chasing him went in the first place. Yeah. Because I mean, they're there at the start of the episode chasing him, and then suddenly not. Yeah. I mean, they could be, and spoilers ahead, it could be that they are part of the weird uh, cult to Osiris that has been existing since um, the original Egyptian kingdom, underground, underneath one of the pyramids. But that doesn't really explain anything, because the kid hasn't seen anything, so why would they be chasing the kid? No, they they enter the the pyramid, find the kid in the sarcophagus. Um, By the way, whenever Pucci is around any humans or around anyone that isn't just Hermes, then uh, she stops talking and goes back to barking. Yeah. Which, kind of a fun thing, I guess. I mean, it means you don't have to explain how this dog is sentient, independent, and can talk and stuff like that. I mean, can she? I mean, I assume she can talk. It's showing that she's been talking all this time. but Is she just talking to the robot? It's not very clear. No. But, I mean, I suppose no explanation at all is better than uh, routes that other dog-type shows, cartoons take. Uh, I remember one called Martha Speaks, in which a dog called Martha gains the ability to speak English after eating some alphabet soup. That makes sense. Sort of. I can see the weird logic behind that. Yeah. Uh, regardless, uh, at least it also stops us ending up with a Heathcliff situation. Because uh, because nobody sees these dogs as being intelligent beings, that explains why they're just still dogs. Maybe the entire world is run by dogs. That would be a very fun way to take this. It turns out that every okay, major no, organisation... It wouldn't be a fun way to take this. That would just be a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, fair. Okay. Uh, So, anyway, we find out that this child's father has disappeared in this very room, in this very uh, pyramid. Yeah, they they, they go through a hidden room and then they find another hidden button and fall through a trapdoor into some water, which leads to the hidden cult. Yeah, this child didn't think to, you know, press press this obvious protruding button. Yeah. 
Regardless, underground there are the hidden cult who want to execute them because they are a hidden cult and want to stay hidden. Um, and this... also sacrifices need to be made well, the, to the... Osiris. This... Who is, by the way, interestingly referred to as female, but in Egyptian mythology, Osiris is male. Oh yeah, and Osiris is definitely male. Which is curious. I mean, uh, God, God, Osiris. Um, yeah. Do I go into... No. No, let's not. Uh, you can look it up for yourself. Egyptian mythology is crass and weird. So, your standard run-of-the-mill stuff for mythology, then? More so. Okay. It's also kind of gay. So, your standard run of mythology, then? Uh, more so than uh, more so than um, uh, Greek. Blimey, all right, sure, okay. Um, I'm not sure you can consider Norse mythology that gay until you consider that it involves big bearded muscle men uh, wearing leathers everywhere. Yeah. Anyway. Um, So, anyway, the plan is they're going to be killed, but the uh, current priestess is a bit irksome on the idea of, you know, murdering everyone who drops in accidentally. Apparently, there used to be some sort of method they could use, which were uh, the forgotten flower. The forgotten flower, uh, which which uh, really should actually be the forgetting flower, but never mind. To be fair, it's both forgotten and forgetting. Well, yeah, but still. Um, basically, they they can create a. No, it's not even a serum. It's just you smell the flower and you immediately gain amnesia of everything that happened uh, before you fell into the tomb. But uh, everyone else isn't quite sure about this because it's been a long time since the flower was used, so it might not still work because that's how botany works. We've skipped over an entire chunk of things here. Um, uh, no, mean, we haven't actually. Here's because the thing: the priestess these were established. The priest, the priest, the priestess sees Pucci inside the statue of Osiris somehow. I don't know how the fuck she got in there, uh, but she sees that and she takes it as a sign of a messenger of Osiris. Because, okay. Um, As, you know, Osiris, the very known canine god from Greek mythology. Oh, wait, no, that's Anubis. Um, Should have gone with Anubis, really. Yeah, yeah. Go with... Put dogs everywhere. It would make more sense thematically. Yeah. Um, then all the lads are lined up to be sacrificed. They say that they're going to be sacrificed through mummification... And by mummification, they mean just wrapping them up in a bunch of um, muslin cloth and then putting them in a cart. Yeah. They don't actually... Presumably like, that's, that's, then shoving them in some very, very quickly decaying mummies that you've got there. Yeah, here's the thing about mummification. Um, don't go into detail. With mummification, you have to already be dried and embalmed. Otherwise, what you have after a while, is just a decaying pile of mulch surrounded by some decayed uh, bandages. Anyway, um, the dog shows up again. Pooch shows up somehow uh, in front, next to Hermes. No one notices her for some reason. Well, she is tiny. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, she takes a loose end of bandage from Hermes's foot or leg and wraps it around the rock that's holding the uh, the wagon in place. And then knocks the rock out, and the fucking thing goes flying, and well, Hermes no, gets some wraps, and then is, a whole bunch of action scenes happen. What happens is Hermes rolls down the hill, which unwraps his bandages, and when he gets to the end, because the uh, 
linen is being pulled, that pulls the rock from underneath the card. Right. I thought that was quite good, to be honest. The bandages here are the most lovingly animated thing in the entire episode. (sighs) I don't know what it is about some studios and the animation of ropes. Because if you've ever seen... Have you ever seen Mulan? No. For some reason, in Mulan, there is one scene where the animation quality increases by a huge amount... And it is just one rope snapping. I mean, it's it's a Disney thing. All of the animation is lovingly made. It's a Disney. Absolutely. That's and how yet, Disney do. It's very weird. So anyway, um, Hermes and the dog Poochie uh, team up to create a light show and shout the... Yeah, Poochie pretends to be the messenger of Osiris. Yeah. Which is... Because, you, as we all know, the messenger of Osiris is a dog. Yeah, and Poochie tells him to stop sacrificing people and basically just fucks this cut's shit all up. Yeah, meanwhile, Hermes is creating a light show. Because apparently Hermes can create a light show. Fuck it. When you're a craft work, you can just do it. Um, the... Boy is inexplicably sad that uh, he's never going to see the priestess again, even though a she kidnapped, she effectively like kidnapped him, put him in jail, and was going to kill him. Yeah, that was really fucking weird. They had like no kind of interaction before. No, not whatsoever. Like what? Even what? Okay, uh, Hermes being a robot isn't affected by the forgotten flower, so he has to fake. Uh, forgetting everything and overdoes it because silly Hermes, funny jokes. And that's about it. They go back home and they read another letter which signals the uh, a new adventure about to happen. Yeah, and they obviously just reused animation from earlier in the uh, yeah. episode at this point. It kind of is tagged on very quickly to make this I'm supposed to give it more of a bookend. Yeah, I guess so. It's it's kind of a, oh, here we go again kind of ending. Um, But yeah, that's kind of it. And And that's all we ever saw of Poochie. Yeah. Because they didn't make any more of them for some reason. Despite how uh, bored and boring that description was, we actually kind of like this one. Um, Yeah, here's the thing. It's not bad. It's pretty. It's um. Well, it's not really well written, but it's still fun and it's enjoyable. And the character of Poochie, despite being intentionally crafted to be as sickly adorable as possible, honestly, pretty cute and a really good character. Um, I, I, I'm astonished by how well acted it was. Yes. Voice casting was excellent in this thing. Uh, do you want me to go into the voice casting? I'm sure. Have if you've got the information. Yeah. Um, now the weird thing is, is only uh, five of the characters are actually kind of mentioned in IMDb as like connecting who they are. One person is unconnected to who they're doing. In the credits, it's just listing the voice actors, but people have managed to piece together. All right, this person is clearly doing this voice yes, and that sort yes. of thing. Um, and then all the other characters are not even listed on the thing. Well, they're probably the same five voice actors, but doing doubling up. Yeah, most likely. That's just how it is with jobbers. Okay, so the star of the show, Poochie, um, is voiced by one Alan Gastel. Uh, she's done 
a whole bunch of uh, anime dubs more than anything else. Right. Um, and uh, the most notable role I could find that she did was that she played the character of Rapture in the 80s Gem and the Hologram star scene. <laughs> nice. Um, Danny, the little boy in this show, is voiced by Katie Lee, most known for voicing Alex in Totally Spies, Honker Muddlefoot in Darkwing Duck, Ralph in Muppet Babies, and a whole bunch more. Okay. Um, Hermes is voiced by Neil Ross. He does shitloads of video games. Mainly because he's been in Star Wars The Old Republic, Mass Effect, Metal Gear Solid, Doom 3, just the works. He's well, done he, everything. He has the advantage of being, I believe, a Canadian citizen with a British accent. Yeah. So that gets you shitloads of work because it means you are cheap to employ for voice acting purposes, but also have a very recognisable accent. Mm-hmm. So um, basically, anytime you need to lend a bit of gravitas on the cheap... You get this guy. Uh, in cartoons, he's been in uh, the 1998 Voltron the Third Dimension, where he voiced the character of Keith, uh, the 1995 Spider-Man cartoon as the Green Goblin, and the Mask TV series as Lieutenant Mitch Calloway. Fair enough. He's been around the block, basically. When you say the Mask TV series, do you mean The Mask or Mask? The Mask. The Mask. As in... Uh... Not Mask the Robot Show, but The Mask as in the Jim Carrey movie. Right. Uh, Zip Code, the male robot, is voiced by Fred Travellina. He's done a lot less stuff compared to everyone else. Uh, most known for voicing William Dalton in the 1984 cartoon Lucky Luke. And has also made Fair a couple enough. of appearances on the live-action segments of Super Mario Bros. Super Show. Oh dear, okay. Um, the High Priestess, also known as Coom, uh, was voiced by Jennifer Darling. She's done shitloads of roles. Um, most notably uh, doing a vo- like a whole cast of characters in the 80s Turtles cartoon um, in mainly the character of Irma the Turtles friends um, also Peggy Callahan in the Six Million Dollar Man and the Bionic Woman in the 60s oh okay which is cool yeah yeah <laughs> I mean um, we're talking jobbers but interesting jobbers here yes and um, the one unlisted actor as in we don't know who he played and like and stuff like that. Probably everyone else. Yeah, and that's one John Stevenson. Now, this dude's done a shitload of stuff back in the 50s through to the 80s. Uh, credits include Fancy Fancy from Top Cat, which is the orange cat with the scarf. Uh, Mr. Slate from the Flintstones, Lazy Luke and Blubber Bear from Wacky Races, loads of Scooby-Doo stuff. Jesus, so basically a Hanna-Barbera regular. Yeah, this dude's quite the catch in terms of uh, Jabber. He's done so much stuff. <laughs> Like, loads of TV, loads of cartoons. Um, my best guess as to who he did was probably the brief bit where the original owner of the uh, newspaper company was oh, that would make sense. leaving yes. to Pucci, because that seems like the right type of voice. Um, but, yeah, every other character is uncredited, as I said, which probably means that it was just another one of those five yeah, actors. Yeah. But, yeah, that's kind of it for Pucci. Yeah, that's that's all we have of it we looked up the prices for the um <laughs> the original merchandise that was released and uh fetching quite a high price now as you would expect for a weird um briefly sold 80s thing also not many of the um the actual cuddly toys yeah around. we did see one of the cuddly toys in one of the adverts and it looked positively adorable it was just just like a regular dog plush, you're just gently sitting there with a cute face, and it's yeah. just like, oh, that's nice. It was just this very simple, very cute design. It's kind of adorably tatty kind of <laughs> dog. Yeah. 
but yeah it's um i mean like the cartoon itself ultimately it's it's pleasant mm. the aesthetic of this was pleasant <laughs> there wasn't much else to it or to the cartoon but it was pleasant i feel like it probably would have decently run on for a few episodes you could definitely have gotten a series out of it yeah no i think maybe if it had been a series it would have ranked a lot less good with us because i would imagine it would have been the same thing again and again yes i mean there's not that much you can do with the premise well there's a lot that you can do with the premise but but chance for viewer inter interaction there and it's though you could do. You could say like, send in your letters to Poochie. Oh yeah, and I, we'll read them out. And if you're lucky, you will read them out on the next cartoon. I and just at the end, just have like a, a Poochie, dear Poochie segments where they just read out the letter and Poochie gives advice. I 100% believe that they would do that because that would have been so good. It would have been very easy for them to do, especially considering that that bit at the end was just recycled footage. Yeah, I mean, what what could have they have done with this? What what episodes would you have? expected to see because they've already had the middle eastern episode yeah. that appears in all of the uh, cartoons of this era i mean it's it's an interesting one to think about isn't it really because it's i mean the thing is you could do it uh, practically anything with it but yeah it's, it's, it's all stuff you'd expect to see from other cartoons it's so bare bones that it's flexible to work with but at the same time it's not flexible enough that anything that you would try would feel copycat from other shows. Um, Poochie needs to help uh, a young model in Paris Fashion Week. I mean, you could get some body positivity notes in there with that, I guess. I mean, I think... Because the thing is, in my opinion, despite the fact like look, look in the past the fact that the characters are literally a dog but she's a pretty good role model for like outlooks <laughs> on life because <laughs> she's positive and she's independent well most of the time she's literally a dog so she needs Hermes to do stuff but outside of that she's pretty much an independent cat. I mean she's fucking running a newspaper company for god's sakes <sighs> well that's true um, Poochie helps a group of kids. You can do anything you put your mind to, so long as you're a dog and you have a robot yeah. helper. Uh, Poochie helps a bunch of kids save their orphanage. <laughs> oh God, Poochie and Captain Planet crossover. I was thinking Breaking Two, but that's <laughs> the, that's the plot of so many things in the eighties. Ah, uh, you could very easily do an entire episode. Um, about saying no to drugs as well. Like, oh, I, I feel like Poochie yeah. would be a perfect vehicle for edutainment. Help, my brother is taking something and I don't know what it is. He has been acting very weird recently. And then travel to that child's bedroom to Mark. try and get them off the drugs. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds I, weird, but mm. that's basically what... Um, Oh god, what was it called? The big crossover of all the cartoons. Oh fuck, Cartoon All Stars to the Rescue. That's the that one. Basically oh, that. Oh fuck, we have to get to that one, don't that we? That is a deep that Ooh, well, it boy. wasn't deep, but it does have the deep animated version of Elf and therefore counts. <laughs> and Slimer. Oh man. 
I kind of want to do that one anyway, regardless, because that we'll one's do it. too good to me- to not mention it. it. It counts. It's part of the. When's cal- the anniversary of Dare? <laughs> oh God, I I I dare to ask. So how are we ranking this one? Oh jeez. Um, I mean, it's one of the most enjoyable one-offs we've seen. Yes. It's pretty up there compared to the um, dire effort that was Double Dragon, so that's a nice change. <laughs> You're still bitter about Double Dragon, yeah, aren't you? just a bit. Yeah, just a little bit. It was, um... Yeah, the, the whole uh, me watching that at Saturday a.m. Um, mm. Alright. I'm thinking my reference points. I feel we should probably compare and contrast to the other one-offs that we have seen. Okay. Um, nearly the ones that are higher up in the list, which is Defenders of Dinatron City at number 9 and Battletoads at number 11. Not quite... Uh, mm. I'd say it's about as fun and enjoyable as Battletoads was. Yeah. And you could also definitely see it as a series far more than you could Battletoads. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Battletoads would not last long as a series compared to this. It also felt twice as long as this. Yeah. But Poochie was definitely over quicker than any either of us expected i think yeah um in that case uh, how does it compare against the care bears at number 10 it's pretty similar mm. it's not quite as obsessed with being happy it's not quite as saccharine yeah it's pretty saccharine but it's not quite as saccharine i mean the most saccharine you're gonna get is from poochie herself being the ultra pink sickeningly cute character that she is but um, then she has her own c-3po to balance that out yeah uh, don't mention her c-3po once has had once the face mask is put on is basically a bald anime pretty boy yeah very weird with a flat cap as well uh to have to cover up the baldness and a, and a british accent um how about defenders of dinatron city then how do how do we feel about it this is Defenders of Dinatron City would work as a show. Yeah. Uh, especially if they kept the writer from Summer Max in there. Because that thing was brilliant and it was funny. Work more from Steve Purcell's... Uh, Just brilliant writing. writing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think it's as good as Defenders. No, it's Purely not. because of that. But it's a case of, is it better or worse than Care Bears? I think it's probably a little better. Because this actually has solutions that aren't let's zap them with the mind control beam. <laughs> That's true. The solution to Poochie's problems take creativity, not magic. Yeah, you know what? I'll vouch for that. <laughs> Num- number 10. Fuck it. Poochie. There she is. There we go. <laughs> All sorted. There we go. That's the end of this episode. A it's bit? a short one, this one. But it was a short cartoon. It was a good one. I should probably go watch it because it's a pretty decent 24-minute thing. Anyway, uh, website, mostlycouples.com. All our other episodes are there, including two dead podcasts. That's fun. Sometimes articles. And I say sometimes, and I mean never. Because, oops, we fucked it. And I want to redesign the site to be podcast-oriented, but I haven't got around to it because my lazy ass sucks ass. It's almost like we are incredibly lazy. Yeah iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, Shout Engine, the Most of the Kobolds website, 
and probably your generic podcatcher of choice, as well as an RSS feed. Those are all the places you can find this show. But and not you can Stitcher. do a subscribe to it. Stitcher, more like Stitch Off. I don't got anything, I'm sorry. Stitcher, more like we're slightly confused. Uh, we're slightly confused and concerned about the idea of premium podcasts that have uh, and also that are locked to a very specific app. Yeah. Please let Stitcher die. <laughs> anyway, that's the end of this episode. We'll see you later. Goodbye. Ta-ra!